welcome back yet again after another gigantic hiatus because I can't seem to keep my shit together. It's a Slash of Sanitarium podcast. I am your host, Troy, and I have a, a brand new endeavor over um, for the Questionable Endeavor Network uh, where I'm doing a brand new segment for the Rundown Wrestling podcast called NXT Revisited where I go back and watch the old NXT episodes if you enjoy wrestling. Uh, you should already be a fan of the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, but make sure every Wednesday, brand new one drops. Without further ado, though, let's get into the Slash's Sanitarium here. Uh, make sure to visit questionnetwork.com for information on all the podcasts available under the Questionable Endeavor Network. Uh, visit the website for articles and streaming videos about wrestling, horror, gaming, and more. Check out our serial horror podcast, the Shadowvane Podcast. If you're a fan of geek and gaming, you're not going to be able to find my old podcast anymore because that's dead, but we replaced it with Words of Geekdom, which is a far better podcast than what I could ever accomplish. If you're a fan of anime, check out Tuning Japanese. If you are a fan of wrestling, like I said, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, as well as the Raw Attitude Podcast, where they chronicle every Monday Night Raw episode from the Attitude Era, which is the late 90s, into almost into the 2000s. If you like video gaming, please check out Pwn Stars, P-W-N Stars. And you can email the show at the, er, you can email the show, the slash sanitarium at gmail.com. Nobody has ever emailed, so fuck all you. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Slasher Podcast or like our Facebook page. Uh, please visit patreon.com slash Slasher Podcast to support and help keep the Slasher Sanitarium alive. Maybe if I actually had some patron, patrons, I would try to put on an episode every week. If you wish to sponsor the Slash Sanitarium, please head over to advertisecast.com slash 824. Now, Channel Zero, Episode 3. We start uh, start off uh, following up the huge revelation from the last episode, uh, so I fully expect this episode to be balls out. We start the episode off in 1988, where the twins are at the dinner table for their 11th birthday. Uh, the faceless father, which is what I will always refer to him as until they actually show his face, uh, says that they should trade and do each other's wishes. Um, just really trying to hammer it home that these people are a little bit poor, they don't have a birthday cake, they have pancakes with candles in them. Cut to modern day, and we have Marla cleaning the table where she stabbed her son. She looks outside and sees a black cat staring at her, and looks rather distressed by this. Cut over to the kids watching Candle Cove. Uh, two kids, three kids, I, th- I think there's four kids. I think we settled on there's four kids watching in somebody's room. Uh, a cloud is talking to Percy, uh, telling him that he should not open the ch- open up this chest, but he opens it anyways and out pops Jawbone, as you do. Cut to Marla at the police station, and she is asking where Mike is. Uh, she realizes that Gary did not take Mike to the police station, and Lady Cop also seems to be rather distressed by this, as, of course, that is proper procedure. We cut to Mike, and he is in the back of Gary's car. Gary starts talking about the fact that he had this house that he wanted to buy, and then some rich guy from Cleveland swept in, bought the house with, with cash, which always is a good sign, and decided to gut it. Gary says that the house is on the market again, but it will never be his because the price is too high. The price is too high for a gutted house. A house that they didn't finish doing restoration on. How poor is this fucker? Cut to Marla and the cop and Gary's wife. Uh, we're trying to figure out where Gary would have taken Mike. There's a lot of this with these three. Um, they're just trying to scooby-doo their way into figuring out where Mike is. I thought this was a small town, so I didn't think there would be too many places he could have taken him. 
but apparently there are a lot more than I thought there were. Cut back to Gary bringing Mike to the house that he was just talking about. Mike asks what they're doing there. Pretty obvious. You about to die, son. They go into the house and we see that the house is half torn apart. Again, how is this house expensive? I, I don't understand. I mean, it's a nice landscape, but that's about it. I mean, you, you still got a house that you can't live in right now. We cut over to a classroom where a teacher is staring at a young kid uh, who's uh, uh, playing or um, hold on. Where the kids, the kids watching Candle Cove on his his um. What did I do there? Oh, whatever. Oh, I'm fucking good. My notes sometimes are a little crazy because I'm trying to go really fast on this. Um. Anyways, young teacher staring at a kid. Uh, pretty creepy. Cut over to 1988 and um. <laughs> shit, this show is jumping a lot around a lot this episode. You can go ahead and take a drink every time I say cut to. Uh, you'll be dead by the end of the podcast, so then I'll be done with the listener. A kid is cooking bologna with his mother. The kid's name is Jacob. They cross themselves before the woman keels over on the floor. But Jacob seems to be an old pro of this as he throws a pillow under her head, grabs a watch, and starts to time her seizure. Uh, he also starts praying to her, because that's going to work. Cut back to the classroom, and we have a kid playing a racing game on his phone that suddenly cuts to uh, Candle Cove. So I'm glad that the producers of Candle Cove got the uh, um, show, got got the show up at the times. You know, have it streaming on all devices as well. Um, the scene is uh, the skeleton pirate chasing Percy down. He catches Percy and tells him he should not have opened that box because now he will have to have his hide. Uh, Jawbone's super creepy here. They do a little voice modulation with him. Um, he says, "Jawbone's my name," and I I didn't catch what his game was. I'm assuming raping kids. Uh, the teacher catches the kid watching the phone. And um, he gives the phone back over to her, and it switches back over to the game as he hands the phone over. Um, so uh, at, at this point, I was not sure what exactly we were doing with this whole teacher thing, but um, it, it seems a little odd that she would want him to stop watching Kennel Cove, because as we find out by the end of the episode, she seems to be a very big advocate for Kennel Cove. Cut to Mike tied to a chair. Mike wants to know what is going on. He says that a lot in this episode. I think that everything is very clear, Mike. They want to kill you because you killed all of their friends and relatives. Well, at least they think that. Baldwin and his wife enter to the uh, enter the room. Uh, they are Daphne and Tim. Or switch that. That would be Tim and Daphne. Not that Daphne is bald. Um, so Daphne and Tim says uh, he didn't like, doesn't like getting woken up in the middle of the night um, with his phone ringing, being told that uh, they need to come there right away. So Gary called them to tell him Mike is a killer. Uh, Tim always thought Mike's family had something to do with it. Uh, Mike says that 28 years ago, someone made Candle Cove, and it influences the kids who watch it. And it is pretty difficult at this point, uh, if you're looking at it from Tim's perspective, to believe anything that's coming out of this guy's mouth. Um, Daphne's a little bit different because, as we're about to find out here, uh, she's still kind of affected by Candle Cove. For whatever reason, Tim and Gary never really got affected by it. I don't know if they were just a different age at the time or or what was going on. But um, So Gary says that if Mike hadn't come back, his kids would not be in the hospital, Um, which could be still true at this point, but probably not. Uh, Daphne starts to show pictures of the dead kids. She starts with Jacob. Spoiler alert. So I guess he's dead. Um, and his, the teacher is apparently the mother. Uh, and then she goes on to her cousin, who's a little girl. 
Uh, I forget this little girl's name. I don't think it's that important. Um, so Dabney says, she taught me how to kiss. Interesting. I mean, not really interesting because they were 11. That's pretty gross. But interesting that this is what she thinks of. Not like, she was my cousin. She was my best friend. We used to play this game together. Nope, it's, oh yeah, I used to make out with my cousin. Uh, Carl cut up. Carl Cutter, the cut-up, haha, <laughs> unique, uh, and Tim's brother Gene, who is the bully, uh, who broke Eddie's hand. Uh, Gary wants to know what Mike did and why he did it. We cut to Mike going up to Gene as a kid. Uh, Mike is trying to get Gene to go to the crow's nest. Cut up to Marla and the crew at Gary's house. No surprise he ain't there. Just kind of trying to follow that thread of, hey, they are actually trying to find Mike. Cut back to Mike. Tim and Daphne are retelling the stories of how the murders impacted them. Mike says that they are still dreaming about Candle Cove, every single one of them. Tim says that Mike killed them all. Mike screams he didn't have a choice. When Tim tries to grab him, uh, it looks like Tim is about to kill him. Cut over to Eddie out in a field as Gene comes up with Mike. Eddie says you can't lie to the skin taker, which is a great line. And also, um, nobody's taken anyone's skins here, so I'm not sure who the skin taker is. Uh, Gene flips him off and starts to walk away, but Eddie tells him to stop, and Gene stops. Then Gene starts laughing. Eddie says he is showing him stuff in his head, and that Gene cannot do anything right now. So Mike goes over, spits in his face, and Jim just keeps, Gene just keeps on laughing. He says, come here, boy, and Gene turns around and comes to Eddie. Uh, he walks over to him, gets down on his knees, and starts to lick Eddie's hand. Uh, Eddie tells him that he needs to pay the toll. At this point, Gene pulls two of his teeth out of his, his mouth and hands them over to Eddie. Uh, and he's told he can now go to Candle Cove and he needs to walk the plank. Gene gets up, walks over to the edge of the cliff, and falls to his death. So Eddie is the one who killed all of the kids, and Mike is the hero of the story who had to stop him by killing him. I can see why this would be a hard pill to swallow for Tim, because this guy just explained, Oh no, no, I'm, I'm not the killer. The, the dead kid that we found last episode, that's, that's the killer. That's the guy you should be mad at. I was one who, I, I saved everybody. I'm not, you should be fucking licking my balls right now. I, I saved all the rest of the kids. I'm, you probably would have been killed next, Tim. Cut to Lady Cap. Uh, she is stopped by a lady who says that the kids are hurting or hurting someone. So an old woman runs up to the side of the, this lady's cop car, says the kids are hurting somebody. Lady Cap gets out. She runs up and she sees the four kids that were watching the TV before um, stabbing an anatomical dummy with fake knives. As she walks close, the kids run off. She kind of tucks down at the anatomical dummy and is just kind of perplexed by the whole situation. Cut over to Marla telling uh, Gary's wife. Jessica, Mike did something unforgivable. Unforgivable. Jessica tells a story about Gary drive, diving into depression when he can't buy the house and all this other shit. And that's when she realizes where Mike is. Cut back to Mike telling Gary that his daughter is infected by the show. Mike gets Daphne to admit it is all connected. And then Mike gets Daphne to remember that she is seeing Jawbone, but he goes by a different name. And we see the whole scene is intercut with flashes of jawbone and a flash of a white-clothed man with black bleeding eyes. We don't get the name, but I'm assuming it's Skin Taker. Um, Mike says he saw a person dressed as jawbone out in the woods. Uh, Gary seems to be smart enough to realize that Mike may be telling the truth, um, or at least that he is a cop and probably should not, uh, you know, kill a guy who could. 
potentially be a hero, could potentially just be kind of insane. Tim pulls out his gun, and Daphne tries to dial 911, but Tim tells her to uh, hang it up, which that's not really how 911 works. They're going to call back, or they're going to send a police car. Uh, so Gary's standing between Mike and Tim, as Tim continues to try to threaten that he's going to kill Mike. The uh, Tim says he's got he, he had no choice. Tries to get above Gary. The two of them fight. Gunshot goes off. We cut to commercial. As we come back, we see that uh, Mike is on, on the ground and the gun. Uh, he got shot in the arm. So Daphne then hears something outside and informs Gary that his wife is there. Going to be a little hard to cover this up now. Um, this next whole sequence, I wasn't, I, I didn't catch that Gary had left the room. But Gary leaves the room to answer the door. During this time, we cut back and we see that Tim is holding Mike's mouth to keep him quiet. And then sees a box cutter and decides, oh, well, now now's my perfect time to go and, and kill this guy. Tim starts reaching for the box cutter. And uh, Daphne goes over, picks up the box cutter, and is about to hand it to Tim when Marla sees that this happening through the window. Uh, they yell, they bust inside. Tim decides to fuck off as he sees the lady cop arrives. And then um, Lady Cops come, comes in, takes a, a kind of a glance over at the situation, and rightfully draws on Gary. Gary hands her over the gun, and presumably Gary gets arrested here. We cut over to Mike in a car, uh, which this, right off the bat, you can tell this is not happening right now, uh, because he's got no arm wound. And he reclines back, and we see that the teeth person appears from, from out of the woods. Teeth person comes over, opens the car door, grabs Mike's hands, and starts to suck his fingers. Uh, so either a dream or a flashback. Either way, pretty fucked up. Cut to the hospital as Lady Cop wants to question Mike. Cut to the past as we hear that Carl Cutter is missing. Mike asks Eddie what happened to Carl. Carl is in Candle Cove. Eddie responds. Cut back over, Lady Cop seems skeptical. Uh, Mike says the show is back and kids and kids will start to act weird. To which this kind of pops Lady Cop as she, you know, has just seen a couple of kids being really fucking weird. Marla tries to tell Lady Cop that Mike did not confess and that Gary misunderstood. Mike plays along and says that Eddie killed four kids and then disappeared. Mike said that this is just the beginning. He better hope someone gets na gets snapped while he's in the hospital. So that's a classic way to get someone off your back if everyone thinks that you're, uh, you know, you're the murderer. Just, uh, man, have someone die while you're in the hospital. Cut to Tim walk through the woods. We see a white figure way off in the distance, and we hear laughing from the distance. Cut back over to the hospital, and Jessica's come to visit Mike. A lot more sexual tension between these two. Uh, Mike gets up and says that he cannot stay there. Back at the woods, and now we see Daphne is walking about. She sees a house in the distance, and she knocks on the door. Here's the teacher. Uh, she's telling the teacher what happened. The teacher wants to know if Mike is alright, which is a kind of an odd statement or question to ask after hearing that Mike is potentially the reason why your son is dead. Um, it makes sense that Dave is here because uh, if, if, if the little girl is... Uh, maybe it doesn't make sense why Daphne's there. I was going to say that maybe this is her aunt, but no, she's she's got Jacob. She doesn't have the little girl, so I'm not sure why she goes to the teacher. Anyways, teacher says that she should that Daphne should turn herself in, and she says she's going to go get Daphne something to drink. She turns us some hot cocoa, 
And then she says that she will get Daphne something stronger. And she returns and slices Daphne's fucking throat open. Uh, Daphne with some realistic death acting here. As she doesn't die right away. She gurgles for quite a while. And Omen says you shouldn't fuck with Mike Painter. Good on you, sci-fi. The fuck was a little muffled, but I I understand. But hey, you let it go through. You you let her say that. That was awesome. Um, Really punctuated the point there. Cut over to Candle Cove, and the kids are uh, watching. The four kids from before, and we see the little girl is covered in blood. So the teacher uh, is taking care of them. She comes over with the hot cocoa, which was obviously meant for them in the beginning. Uh, she asks them where they left the body, and we see somebody is burying Tim out in the woods. Cut over to Lady Cop in Gary's office, and there's a gift on his desk, which is a bowl full of mushrooms, it looks like. Real weird. Cut over to Westchester, New York where Mike's wife and daughter live. The daughter is awakened by the sound of Candle Cove on the TV. She opens the door and walks upstairs into the dark. Mike and Marla are sleeping at home when we see that someone is walking through the house. They walk upstairs and into Mike's room. It appears to be the tooth person again. Uh, We cut to daytime and Marla wakes up. She goes over to Mike's room and we see the tooth person is sucking Mike off in his bed. Just just his his fingers. Uh, Turns out this is just a dream for her though as Mike runs into the room and Mike hears somebody say his name. He looks outside to see Lily, his daughter, standing outside. He runs outside, and Lily is in fact there. This isn't some kind of hallucination. And somehow she has traveled 400 miles to get there. And we see that the tooth person is now in Lily's room. That is the end of this episode. Uh, Really good episode, really fast-paced. It was all over the place in this one, actually, one, really. Um, there was just a, a ton of cutting back and forth between different things, um, all of the, all centered around the same storyline, but um, all of them kind of from different things. We got you know the Scooby game running around trying to find where everyone is. We got a lot, a lot more of the backstory now that we find out that you know Eddie is actually kind of the bad guy of this story. I'm not 100% sure yet on why Candle Cove is okay with Mike considering that they kind of killed their vessel for death. Um, And he's already taken one girl back from them. Um, So I'm not quite sure why, you know, the the teacher is is so much on his side and so okay with everything, but I don't know. Uh, Three more episodes to go, and we will see where this one takes us. Uh, But all in all, um, I thought that the show is is really kind of uh, coming into its own, which I I really appreciate. Uh, So uh, with that, we will uh, cut it off here, and we will be back soon with uh, episode four of Candle Cove. So until then.